Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back to the Deadology Podcast from Pencil Hill Studio, New Paltz, New York. I'm your host, Howard Weiner, and tonight's a special episode of the podcast. We're going to do a top 10 countdown of the Grateful Dead's finest New Year's Eve performances. Uh, the way this is going to work, I'm only going to select one performance from a year. So once I've, I've picked up a, a great performance from a year, that year is done. We're going to do 10 different years, but 10 of the greatest performances in countdown fashion. Uh, we definitely, New Year's Eve, with all the three set shows uh, the Grateful Dead played, we have an abundance of great music to pick from. And uh, New, New Year's Eve, it's a it's such a huge celebration, such an important part of the uh, Grateful Dead folklore. Um, you know, and it's a celebration of all the great music that happened in the year past, as well as looking forward to how the Grateful Dead will music will evolve the following year. And uh, no other band had anything like it. You know, the Grateful Dead each year has its own personality and you can't think of any other band that had the same same type of thing, how the music evolved. When Grateful Dead fans talk and you talk about 1974, you kind of have a concept of what that means, what the music's going to sound like. Uh, so uh, the years are, are extremely important in Grateful Dead culture, and that would make New Year's Eve the holiest day of Deadology. Um, so we got a lot of, a lot of music to get to. I'm going to be playing audio highlights from these top 10, uh, selections. So, uh, my commentary is going to be Kurt. Time is of the essence. I think Mr. Wolf in the movie Pulp Fiction said something like that. Um, but anyway, let's get started. Jump right into it. There's going to be no album of the week this week. It's all going to be about the great music and listening to samples of the of the great performances on New Year's Eve. I'm going to shift into Casey Kasem mode, starting off our top 10 in the 10th spot from December 31st, 1971, in the Winterland. Um, that, that night started off with a dancing in the streets, people running around the stage naked. It's, it's a great performance, a lot of hooting and hollering. New Year's Eve chaos, but kind of a subtle selection here. Um, something you might not think of to be in the 10 greatest performances, but I'm blown away by this every time I hear it. Uh, it's a pig pen number. It's the same thing. Um, it was the last time he performed it. He hadn't performed it for a number of years uh, coming into this night. And it, just such great singing. Jerry's amazing blues guitar makes it uh, definitely a worthwhile top 10 performance. This was Pigpen's last, last vocal performance on New Year's Eve. So here it is from the Winterland. It's the same thing. Thank you. 
make a woman run around. It's that old same old thing that make a creature use Bible down. It's that old same thing. Pig Pan coming in at number 10 with It's the Same Thing. Grateful Dead, Winterland, December 31st, 1971, and what a year 1972 would be. We're going to march ahead 19 years later, and the Grateful Dead invited a special guest on stage. He ended up from one of the greatest, not from one of the greatest, from the greatest jazz family we know, the Marsalis family. Brantford played with the Grateful Dead on March 29th, 1990 in Nassau Coliseum for the first time. In my opinion, that's the greatest guest performance ever by anybody to take the stage with the Grateful Dead. And he returned for New Year's Eve 1990 in the Oakland Auditorium. Listen to Branford and Jerry Trey Licks on this Eyes of the World outro. Enjoy. Number nine on our countdown, the jazzy meanderings of Branford Marcellus with the Grateful Dead in the Oakland Auditorium, 1990. Branford will forever be a member of the Grateful Dead family. Now for our eighth greatest performance on the New Year's Eve countdown, we're going to head across the bay to San Francisco Auditorium, December 31st, 1984. Uh, This was a One of the beautiful things about these New Year's Eve shows were back in the day in the 80s, early 90s, there was broadcasts, TV, radio. This one I remember so well being with some friends, uh, the Lost Boys, some guys in a Grateful Dead band. We were in a house in um, New City, New York, 
having the best time listening to this show on the radio. And there's two great performances that stand out. Uh, the Shakedown Street is huge from this show. But I opted to go with the Scarlet Fire because we have another Shakedown Street coming up later in the uh, in the countdown here. So it was kind of a tie. I went with the Scarlet Fire from December 31st, 1984. A great version. But really the, the highlight of this Scarlet Fire is the outro jam, the last solo of the Fire in the Mountain. It's ridiculous. Garcia's wailing, but the, the band is just taking it up turning the heat up as much as possible. Just an incredible final solo. The only one I could think of that's better is the one from Cornell 77, the Immaculate Scarlet Fire from uh, May 8th, 1977. But uh, wow, did they turn it up uh, in uh, San Francisco on New Year's Eve. So let's check that out. You Be the Judge. December 31st, 1984, final solo of Fire on the Mountain.
Number eight on our countdown there, Scarlet Fire from the San Fran Auditorium, December 31st, 1984. What a great little fire solo. I shouldn't say little, it was huge. Much longer than the typical Fire on the Mountain outro solo. And now we're going to time travel for the seventh selection on our New Year's Eve countdown, Time Travel. Back to 1969 and head across the continent to the only East Coast show the Grateful Dead played on New Year's Eve. And it was at a place called the Boston Tea Party, an intimate venue. I believe it was on Landown Street. And why the Grateful Dead ended up there that in 69 for the New Year's Eve show, I'm not positive. Um, by the way, if anybody has any input on New Year's Eve shows, shows they were at, um, any commentary, I have a Facebook page, the um, Deadology Podcast. Just type in Deadology Podcast and um, you should be able to find the page. There's also a Deadology page, but the Deadology Podcast for, for this particular for matter is here. Um, so ticket stubs, New Year's Eve stories, whatever, man. Uh, if you got some commentary, head over there. But so number seven, uh, we're going to hear some classic, primal, psychedelic Grateful Dead and from the Boston Tea Party, they they played a lot of uh, typical great 1969 stuff. They got the alligator, the caution, um, you know, and th- then um, they didn't do Dark Star that night, but they did do or Saint Stephen, but they did the eleven, and that made it to our seventh spot in the New Year's Eve countdown of greatest performances from the Boston Tea Party, the eleven. Eleven, seven, come eleven. I'll take your money home. Look out, the Candyman, Primal, Grateful Dead, at the Boston Tea Party, 1969, given away to a new decade, 1970. And now it's time for the sixth greatest performance from New Year's Eve on our countdown, and we're gonna head back to the Winterland, Bill Graham's baby. 
December 31st, 1972, and Bill Graham's favorite song was Sugar Magnolia, and the Grateful Dead made damn sure they played it almost, almost every year. They played it just about every year, uh, but here they do it in 1972, and Weir ded- dedicates it to, to Bill Graham before they start this song, and it comes after a very cool Truckin' Other One Morning Dew segment, uh, with Truckin' Other One definitely being a highlight. Um, but when it came down to it, all these versions were great. Since Sugar Magnolia is a Grateful Dead anthem and such a celebratory New Year's Eve song, I chose this for the sixth spot on our countdown. Everybody dig another rocking jam, Sugar Mag 72.
Bill Graham must have had a smile a mile wide. The Grateful Dead on a sugar magnolia tear. In the Winterland, 1231-72, that was number six on our New Year's Eve countdown. Grateful Dead's greatest performances on that night. Now, it's time for number five, and we're going to jump back to 1980. And what a year 1980 was for the Grateful Dead, um, especially the acoustic sets that they broke out in the Radio City, the Warfield, Sanger Theater. Um, I think they went better than anybody could have ever imagined. Uh, they came out with the Reckoning album from, uh, from those shows, so it was a huge success. And what better way to finish up the year than to bring it to the Oakland Auditorium on December 31st, 1980. They did an acoustic set. Out of all the acoustic sets, this one's my favorite. There's just something about it. It was like they were just savoring the fact that they were doing this one more time uh, during the year on New Year's Eve. And for the fifth selection on the countdown here the, is Birdsong into Ripple. Now, this is my favorite acoustic bird song. There's such a, the Garcia's singing is so beautiful. And the jam is the, the, the best acoustic jam I've heard in a, in a bird song. Uh, but the segment I'm going to play here is from the Ripple. And what better way like, to end a set on New Year's Eve than to play Ripple? What could be more emotional and more satisfying? And there's just something about this version whenever I listen to it. It's just, it's got something over the other versions, man. There's just something in the way they're singing, the feel of it. So feel free to sing along with Jerry and the boys on the stellar version of Ripple. Bye-bye, 1980. Hello, 1981.
doesn't get sweeter than that. Ripple at number five on our New Year's Eve countdown of the Grateful Dead's finest performances on that evening. Time for number four, and we're going back to the Winterland one more time, and it's going to be the last time we're going back to the Winterland because this was December 31st, 1978, the closing of the Winterland. And what an extravaganza that show was. The Grateful Dead broke out everything. In the, for the fourth spot on the countdown, it's going to be Dark Star, other one Dark Star. Um, but a number of tunes could have filled that slot. They played St. Stephen that night. And uh, they did a great Terrapin station. Uh, but this was the first time the Grateful Dead had played Dark Star since 1974. First time in four years. And, um, you know, they take it into the other one, do a throwback uh, to, to the old days. And probably, well, I shouldn't say probably, as cool as it was, it's not a 1972 version. Uh, they did Dark Star, our other one in Bickershore, England in 72. And if this one were nearly as good as that, it would be number one on the countdown. But regardless, just the gesture of, of playing Dark Star again and the thrill it brought to the audience. We'll bring this to the fourth spot on our New Year's Eve countdown. Here it is the glorious return of Dark Star. Search like casting 
Dark Star, other one, Dark Star, from the Winterland, December 31st, 1978, in the fourth spot of our top 10 countdown of the Grateful Dead's finest New Year's Eve performances. Now it's time for the big three in the third spot, Oakland, 123179. Uh, what a great decade the 70s were. Obviously, the, the greatest in, in Grateful Dead history. Um, the, the 60s were awesome, but they only played half a decade. They did so much in the 70s, their best albums, their best concerts, and it was all coming to an end. And boy, did they deliver um, in the first set here, opening up, for, opening up the show uh, with one of the greatest one-two punches of, of any show. Not just a New Year's Eve show. But any show, uh, they did a Jack Straw, Franklin's Ridiculous. It just the band came out; they were possessed. You could just see the fire in their eyes. There was no easygoing camaraderie, you know, goofy stuff. They were on a freaking mission on this night in in Oakland. Uh, Jack Straw, the Jam is one of the I'd say one of the five six best of uh, Jack Straw. I'm a Jack Straw connoisseur, and um, yeah, the just totally shredding, man. Garcia is on a rampage on this. And um, during the straw, we're Mrs. Mrs. Lyric. And maybe this leads to it, but Garcia misses several verses in the, in the Franklin's Tower. So what we have here is an imperfect masterpiece. The best instrumental jamming you could ever hope for. But yet there there's uh, vocal flubs. and uh, But it's so weird because the band is so focused. It's just... You know, maybe they're making up for it in the instrumentation, but uh, just I've, I've never heard anything this hot to open a show. It's always been one of my favorite pieces of music. Uh, there's a great black and white video uh, of this show. I'd highly recommend checking out at least the Jack Straw Franklin's from it. It's ridiculous. Uh, the Franklin's is 17 minutes long. Um, in, in one of the books I wrote, Deadology, Volume 2, I go into um, the best versions of Help on the Way, Slipknot, Franklin's, but I didn't do Franklin's by itself. If I had if I had talked about Franklin's by itself, this one from the Oakland Auditorium would be number one. Um, the stu- they just go off. It's like a like a, tr- a train um, rampaging off the ra- off the tracks. Just incredible, incredible uh, jamming here. This is the embodiment of what it means to be shredding. And they do it throughout the entire Jack Straw Franklin's Tower. And the, the, little, the piece I'm going to play for you here is after the first verse. When you listen to this, you would think it was after uh, when you get confused, listen to the music player later in the song. But this is how hot it started and it continued throughout the whole Franklin's. So dig, 1231-79 Franklin's Tower, first instrumental. 
my friends is lol laugh out loud smoking hot grateful dead jack straw into franklin's tower in oakland new year's eve 1979 the grateful dead fearlessly stepping into the 80s two years later same auditorium in oakland uh, joan baez opens up for the grateful dead <clears throat> she does an acoustic set and then our heroes take the stage and open up with Shakedown. We're looking at another monumental opener here. And I just think that for New Year's Eve, the Grateful Dead had such excitement when they took the stage that they just came out and nailed it right away. And then when New Year's Eve hit, everybody's getting their getting their buzz on, relaxed. I mean, they're still playing great after New Year's Eve, but there was just something about the intensity when they took the stage prior to New Year's Eve and it comes through on the Shakedown Street. So that Jack Straw Franklin's is probably an imperfect masterpiece. This is the perfect masterpiece. Best version of Shakedown I've ever heard. From the singing to the tempo early on, it's just exactly 
uh, as you'd want it to be. And then this jam section, which I'm going to play for you to, in its entirety. Uh, incredible from the beginning. Uh, Jerry and Brent are trading licks back and forth. Uh, blues uh, call and response at its best. And then it just develops into this jam, which almost starts to sound like hard to handle. And it just keeps building and building. Mathematically, everything is its logical. It's... It, it's the way brilliant music should unfold. It's just it's a, it's a perfect version of Shakedown Street. But before we listen to this, I'd like to ask Mr. Garcia one question. Hey Jerry, where do you get water from? Tell me this town ain't got no heart. Just gotta poke around. Just gotta poke around. You just gotta poke around. Just gotta poke around. You just gotta poke around. Just gotta poke around. You just gotta poke around. Just gotta poke around. Thank you. 
shaking on Shakedown Street. Used to be the heart of town. There you go, the Beyond Perfect Shakedown Street from Oakland, New Year's Eve, 1981, coming in at the number two spot on the countdown. Now it's time for the head honcho, the holy cow, numero uno. We're going to go to the Cow Palace, Daly City on the outskirts of San Francisco. And what a night that was. The second set, just two hours of... It's got to be the best set that the Grateful Dead ever played on New Year's Eve. Uh, opened up Sugar Mag, Into Eyes of the World. The Grateful Dead were making a statement, and they had been making a statement towards the end of 76. We're the best damn band in the land, as John Sher would proclaim them when they took the stage at Englishtown. And it was a new era, but they were they were peaking in this era in 1977, and they brought all their best intentions and music to the Cow Palace for New Year's Eve. And what a second set this is. And the segment that comes in at number one on the top ten countdown of the Grateful Dead's finest New Year's Eve performances starts with Help on the Way into Slipknot into drums, and to not fade away, and then morning dew. And what a morning dew it is. Uh, just Jerry singing is so on. This would be the first. It happened in 1977, so it would be the first of 777 morning dews, or the last one of 1976, but it has the the, the, the taste. The uh, It's definitely, it has the feel of a 1977 morning dew. Perhaps the longest jam ever in a morning do at the end there. It doesn't have like the crescendo buildup, like where they go, where the whole band goes crazy as they do in Cornell and most of the 77 versions, but just all the building. Um, an incredible, incredible morning do to end one of the best sets you'll, you'll ever hear the Grateful Dead play at any time. But it is the number one, the number one combination. On our New Year's Eve countdown, help on the way, slip not, drums not fade away, morning dew, and here is the miraculous morning dew jam to end it all. I guess it doesn't matter anyway. Thank you. 
The Kung Pao Cow Palace Morning Dew coming in in the number one spot on our top 10 countdown of the finest Grateful Dead performances on New Year's Eve. Hope you enjoyed this special episode of the Deadology podcast. I'll be back every week in 2024. I promise you, man, I can't help it. I love love this music too much. I'm your host, Howard Weiner. Happy New Year, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>